You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. We're here with America and Teresa. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about I Can't Stop Winning Control, which felt like the natural extension from our last week conversation where we talked about wanting or needing to be right. And I I was reflecting on our conversation last week because I know I'm having emotional reactivity and I just have to acknowledge it because I'm going to try very much to listen and try to be in the space. But I can tell that I'm having emotional reactivity because I, I have people in my life who want to be right and who want to have control and I'm trying not to be a jerk. So this shows up for you by you essentially not wanting control? Like you're okay not having control? That's a spectrum, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Needing to be right or where that shows up in your life. And I have empathy. I'm trying to have empathy for the way that wanting to be right and having control are kind of tied together. And for you all, it's about what I want to summarize is like having clarity about your space or this makes you feel safe. It makes you feel um, comforted, <laughs> contained, you know, and in that space, when I sit and I remember that, it really helps me have empathy. But I do notice that last week I was like, man, what is happening inside my heart? You know, <laughs> So I need to say that out loud so I can set myself in the right space here to, to yeah. talk about this. Um, because it does feel less familiar to me. And, you know, when you say that, it, I cannot really understand how you can't not connect with this. Even last week when you're telling me, like, having this idea of needing to be right, like, that's not in, that's not even in my, like, hemisphere. Yeah. I, I feel what you're saying. It, to me, that feels like when people say they don't worry or they don't feel overwhelming crushing sadness i'm like what does it mean to feel joy like so i get it that's why i'm like i have i want to i want to be i want to very much try to be in a space of learning so like yeah so let's dive in i i want you to tell me when you think of this tell me how it affects your life tell me how it shows up well when i think about i can't stop wanting control i don't think that that's my frame of reference i don't wake up in the morning and be like, how am I going to control the day? You know, like, (laughs) that's not, that's not what happens. Instead, what happens is how I have set myself up for success through mechanisms that make my day easier, which can be tied in some way to control. For example, right, I'll give you an example. Every single night before I go to bed, I don't really drink coffee in the morning. My husband does. So I set up like the automatic coffee machine thingy, right? So he has fresh coffee in the morning. Why? Because it makes his life easier. So that's an example of how there's one thing that's set in place that will help his life get easier. On my side, it's like I take a protein shake in the morning. When I, I know where the protein shake is, it's here. All the things that I need are here. And I can go through the motions of getting what I need systematically, right? Here's this, here's this. 
I have one, two, three, and oh, look, I have a final product that I can walk away with and go to work with. Yeah. So is that control? Okay, that's interesting because I'll go with you, right? Yeah. So the way I see this show up for the people who need that in my life, like if something is out of place, Uh does it derail you? Yes, it does. Where you're like, where is that thing? Yes. What are the feelings that that brings up for you when something is misplaced? Or where um, it's not where you expect it, even if oh. even if you're the one that contributed to why it's not in its place. But generally, I wouldn't. Okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> generally, I wouldn't. <laughs> what happens is there's energy that's needed for me to find a solution and time, which I have to then equate for to then do the thing that I probably may not have calculated into my prep. Okay, hold on. This is so interesting. Yeah. So are you tired? And so you don't have the thing in your reservoir to give? Or is it about efficiency? It's efficiency. It's It's not tiredness. I would imagine, I don't know the answer to this, but I would imagine people have routines, right? Like I imagine you have a routine in some semblance of a word. I'm the worst. But that's probably <laughs> okay. Okay, let let's imagine yeah. that we have routines. I have routines. Yeah, and these routines help me go about my day. So in the morning, I go through a whole process, whatever. For me to walk out the door to come to work, I want to be able to have my protein shake because I know that if I don't have something, I'll be hungry. I won't be in the greatest mood, and it, and it trickles into you know another other impacts. So. If in the morning, for instance, I'm looking for the scissors that are supposed to be in the kitchen and then they're not there, then I have to go find another pair of scissors. And then whatever time I had to be able to then maybe even have a better commute to work, right? Because five minutes can make a difference in a commute. And it's spent finding the scissors that were supposed to be there in the first place. Yeah. I get that. Okay. Because I I feel the anxiety of when my plans were derailed. Mm-hmm. But is that control? I don't know. I don't I don't know. We're exploring one way control shows up in your life. Okay, yeah. how else does it show up in your life? Like you like things in order. Control is order. Control is anticipating yes. time and where things are at. And okay. Yes. So okay. all of those. Check, check, check. Yes, check, check, correct. Check. <laughs> I think the other way that it shows up is in execution of things, which aligns with the similar kind of mechanisms that I've laid out, right? Like, for example, if I'm going to do a big project at work, I need to have in my frame of mind, I need these five people to help me with these projects, you know, setting about the timeline that 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 will be needed to be able to execute effectively. But if you turn that back into my personal life, right? Let's say I'm going to plan a party. I'm going to plan a trip or something. The planning generally falls on my shoulders. Why? Because my husband doesn't really like to do those things. And so it falls on my shoulders. And again, it goes back to time and energy, right? So if I put in the energy, I've invested the energy, the thought, the, the mental power, to think through this hotel is better because it's closer to X thing that we want to do. All those things are tied to efficiency, time management, 
This is so interesting because I'm thinking about somebody I know in my life who plans our vacations <laughs> and they want, once they set the plan, they want us all to follow the plan. Mm-hmm. And when some people are like, I know you have that on your agenda, but I think I'm going to go to this restaurant. Yes. That's where you see people get real tensed up because you see some people are like, I want to go left field, you know? And then the person who's right. the planner is like, what? In those environments, what I find myself saying is to myself, right? Like, you can set the plan, but within that, there's also the notion that I clearly understand this is like a suggestion. Mm. So and that's something you've learned. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. for all the reasons, right? You can be like, yeah. oh, we're going to have dinner at this at a restaurant. And if you go and do all the things that are needed to get you there. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I actually don't want to go anymore. You're like, what the hell? You spent all this energy. <laughs> and you're like, are you serious? Yeah. It's so interesting, too, because it feels like what you're describing around control is also considerateness, like you're using your strength for something beautiful. When I think about, okay, people who have control that stems into like mental health challenges, in the most difficult sense, it's like, well, I have a fear of certain bad foods, so I want to control a diet. Or like parents who they want to be super hands-on. They are like, I planned and I know what's right for my children. And then you wrestle with like, your your parenting authority and like your child's autonomy. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about is very important to recognize. I like how you are like, I'm using my powers for good. And oftentimes that that's what ends up happening, right? When somebody, anything, anything has to happen, both at work and or in my personal life, people are like, oh, we need somebody that can plan well, immediately. Like America here, because the method works, right? Like the the planning and all that works. But you counter that against these other kind of more, um, I'm going to call them like visceral kind of emotions that are just living within you that immediately come up. Like for instance, if you're going to go trick-or-treating, right? Or something like that. And you're like, we have an idea of what we want to do. And then things get derailed. You, you put, you open yourself up to potential harms and things of that nature. And that's where I think for me, control shows up the most when I'm thinking about the negative impacts of X. Oh, that's interesting. So you're also anticipating that the potential harm, like your contingency planning has helped you see the harm. So if things go a different direction, your concern is that the cascade effect is that harm or bad things happen. Yeah. Yes. Which feels very consistent with this spectrum of like anxiety and where OCD and kind of sits in this space. Remember you, you did an episode a long time ago with one of our colleagues, Jennifer, who talked about some of the intrusive thoughts that she has around, like if her husband goes to work, it generally takes about 20 minutes and she'll get a call, right? And that an anticipatory feeling of everything's safe, nothing to be concerned about. But if it falls outside of those 20 minutes that she's accustomed to, yeah. her brain automatically will go into this phase of high alert. Yeah. Wait, it's been 25 minutes, something's That's going funny. on. And for me, it, it doesn't get to that level, but yeah. it what happens is I've, I've thought through, I've tried to think through some of the pitfalls and it's like, wait, we can plan for that. Yeah. 
if we backtrack this way, we can plan for that possibility. So are you trying to let go of that or do you love it? Like, it's, does it work for you and it's great? It's <laughs> a little like, of both. There are times when <laughs> it's very useful and the rigid frameworks are there to help implement. But then there are other times when things don't have to be as rigid. That allows for me to be more laid back. And I'm trying to get into that phase of it's okay. It, it doesn't matter. It's okay that we didn't do that thing, you know? Yeah. My husband would argue probably for the fact that he would want me to be more laid back. Yeah. I Can I pause here for a second? Yes. Because you use the word rigid, which yes. is so interesting for me because I'm wondering if this came up for you in couples therapy because that word has become a thing <laughs> with me and my husband, where I don't know where I picked it up, but now it's like a bad word. You know, if I say rigid, it's it, I can tell it bothers him because now I'm like labeling him rigid. <laughs> and I was really interested that you just brought that, that up without shame because what? I feel like it's tied to this thing. I'll tell you, I'll tell you uh, where I think the negativity comes from is that there is a negative connotation around rigidness and being frigid, like you, you're you cold and calculating and can't mm. live in a space of feelings, right? And being warm and fuzzy. Whoa, is that because like that's a woman thing? Because he calls me frigid. <laughs> I, I, I wonder, I, I wonder if these things are connected. Well, for you, you get the double whammy. I mean, like I get to be the frigid one and he's the rigid one. <laughs> But see, uh, I think it's relevant. That's really interesting. I mean, anytime somebody calls us out on our stuff, we're going to feel defensive. And I get it. That's why I'm trying to have a position of empathy. But when it comes to control and rigidity, and you're saying your husband wishes that you were more flexible, I think this is the crux of the challenge where one person is cha- – and I'm a lot like your husband. I'm probably way chaotic like he is. Yeah. yeah. And – um. I'm going to get to just play him, but not be him today. But it does feel that way. Like sometimes on the on these situations where just sometimes you can't anticipate problems. Mm-hmm. For me, a bit of the like, well, there went the plans. <laughs> it's just like you can't you can't stop that. Like whatever we thought was going to happen, like that didn't happen. All the dreams or anticipation or all the things you put into the hope of what something was going to look like, it didn't work out the way you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the questions I often feel like is like, well, how long are you going to grieve the loss of that expectation before we can move forward up productively, you know? <laughs> I have to sit with that grief. We're going to, you know, because you are grieving an expectation of some kind for various amounts of time. Like I'll tell you one of the, one of the, biggest things right like my wedding was supposed to be like on like in September and then we moved it up by like three months I had to sit with that and I was just I remember the feelings being like oh that sucks and trying to navigate away from that be like it's still gonna happen nothing you know but I had to come to a point where you go through all really you do go through those different stuff level stages of grief yeah yeah, (laughs) All 50 degrees. Yeah. Eventually, I was just like, 
what's what's the end goal? You wanted to get married. It's going to happen. It's okay. I think though that's like a big event where where this shows up and even even for my husband who who thinks he's like so laid back but really is not. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um he also has I probably not do, yeah. very strong parameters. Yeah. So when you tell me for instance like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm and I was like, no, you no, no you fool. set firm boundaries. <laughs> You want those boundaries to be accepted yeah. and respected. Yeah. And it shows up differently. Yeah. Some of the things that I think it shows up for for you are in some of the words that are used, your brain will be like, uh, danger, red flag, red flag. <laughs> and it goes like in a different, you know, it veers down a different path. Yeah. So it does show up in your life. It's just no, totally. not in the same way. Not in the same way. And and that's what's a hard thing because I think that's where – because in moments where you're having your freak out, mm-hmm. what you want is validation. Like to mm-hmm. help you with your grief, you want somebody to join you and be sad and – or I don't know what you want, you know. But I find that when he's trapped in that space, if I don't sufficiently be where he's at and mm-hmm. I add to that whatever is that negative feeling about it by, by – being like, why do you care so much or something like that? Yeah. Which is so rude. Because obviously I care about a lot of things that if he said that to me, I would be yeah. aghast or whatever. Yeah. So like I'm like trying to understand like what is it so I can try to not want to move on so fast. And it feels like there's something here where two values are crashing together. And that's why conflict happens where – when you've lost the expectation, you've lost the planning. And I'm, I'm hearing it. Like, I'm like, okay, you've put a lot of effort in. This is setting in motion the way your life was going to go. Like, I get, I, I see that and I'm trying to internalize it with some value I might have. You know how at one point you had mentioned this because we were talking about something and you were saying like, there's some days that your husband will come to you and be like, I got A, B, C, and D done. <laughs> right? And it's like star power, you rock, right? And when he's sharing that information and you're like, why do you care that you were able to get those five things done? What happens? And, and I'm I'm that way. I'd be like, what do you mean? Like I've successfully managed <laughs> all these moving pieces in our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been able to navigate all that in the meantime of just being a person, <laughs> right? So the piece that's the strongest thing for me is just the validation of saying, that's amazing that you got all that done. Yeah. I actually solved this with my husband. I realized I grew up in a horrible family where we never gave praise. <laughs> and then we also taught each other that if you needed verbal praise, that meant you were a weak person. That you were a loser, Yeah. Like nobody's going to validate you or take care of you except yourself. So that's the only person you need to be proud is like you. So if you share your accolades, then you're you're clearly weak <laughs> and you're going to get eaten up. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible, right? But it, it does speak to the ch- the differences in values and the way they come up because, okay, so let's go back to some of your questions because sometimes it's like I don't know if he means it your husband when he says oh, I wish you were more chill or whatever but mm-hmm. I do find sometimes one of the things I'm learning that I want to value is I don't know why 
but maybe it feels like the next step of chaos. So life is chaotic and you could either see it as chaotic and bad or you could see it as chaotic and good. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to see it as chaotic and good. And that means I'm trying to think of life as an adventure, like whatever happens, happens, but let's just like have fun, you know? And sometimes I'm wondering if that's what it is because if there is a disappointment in it, then I feel like it's, I don't know, is it like running into my negativity? And I'm like, Ugh. my brain wants to be like, well, let's just go lay in bed then. <laughs> yeah. Like, versus like, let's hurry up and get out of this bad space so we can be in a good space. That I think resonates with me the most. You know, what is coming to mind is this idea, whenever we go out of town, whether it's for work or whatever, I have a car. I'll just be like, okay, if I have some time, I'll just go drive down this random street, right? It's that, okay, life is chaos. Look, surprise. Yeah. Let's see what life brings us, right? And when I've been in those spaces and my husband has been along, he'd be like, wait, what are you, where are you going? He's like, I'm just mm -hmm. going to drive down that way. And he's like, why? What's down there? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to go exploring, right? And so that's when it comes up. It butts up next to this like, oh, wait, what? It's unknown. You cannot explore, you know? Yeah. And so when I think about this control aspect, there are times when I can just let go. Yeah. And that piece of expectation, I think, is what ties it all together, mm. where you may believe, I want this to be exciting. I want this to go easy. I want my day to be able to flow, right? Whatever that looks like. And when a little roadblock comes up and that's everything from like, you've moved the kitchen shears all the way to I've locked myself out of the house or my car, whatever. Then you then have to take the time. And it's really about the mental energy to think, okay, wait, what are my other options right now? And how can I navigate being a human being for the rest of the day yeah. with this roadblock that's been thrown in front of me? You came back to that, and I think there's something there. It does take emotional labor and mental labor to contingency plan and to control and see all the possibilities. And it may be that your brain is in this space a lot, and it's served you enormously well in your life, right? Mm -hmm. But that's kind of why you hold on to it tight. Right. And there's just something there. Like, yeah, it just... When you have a derailment moment, is part of your brain think, oh my gosh, now I'm going to have to put more, a lot of mental energy to re-seeing <laughs> the future <laughs> or like, re like that was really interesting for me at the beginning when you went through your day and you were like, well, the scissors led to this and led to this and this. And then suddenly I'm having a bad drive because I'm like five minutes late and blah, blah, blah. So like, are you automatically recalculating? Yes. It's like a dominoes effect. Okay, what does my brain do? I that's what, that's what I look like. <laughs> it's your brain just like blah. You know Whatever my brain happens, my brain honestly what it does is it sheds. So if the shears aren't there, I don't feel like that's contingency. I'm like, okay, let go of that item. The only thing I know is I need to get out the door by this time. But if I don't do all those things, I'm still out the door by this time. And sometimes I'm like, well, I guess I forgot my lunch or <laughs> uh, yeah. there I didn't eat breakfast <laughs> or like, oh, I didn't have my protein shake. Yeah. 
And then if I'm late out the door late, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to be late. I, so I used to worry about Do you about not have time. any feelings about that? You're just like, okay, I'll be late. I do when I'm like going to get in trouble. So like when we're late and my kid's going to be late for school, okay. then I feel guilt. We're like – because and then sometimes I'm bad. Like I'll hurt my kids <laughs> to make them get to school fast. We're like dragging them, you know, because I'm late or they've made me late. But if I can calm down, I'm just like, whatever. Why? Why does it care? Why Why does the system care if you're late? And they, But my kids sometimes care because they're like, I didn't go to the Friday, you know, no tardy party. <laughs> But like the systems have set up these dumb things to make you feel pressured. But no, sometimes I'm like, screw it, dude. And I don't know if that's because my brain has been so accustomed to be like, well, screw it. Like these things aren't going to go your way. And so my mm -hmm. assumption is these things are not going to go your way. You're going to try your best to do what you want. But when they don't go your way, you just figure it out. You know what happens to me when you say that? Like, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to just let it be. There's a mechanism in my brain, I swear, that it's just saying, could you really? You're just going to let it be. Yeah. You're going to be free to the wind and nothing's going to stop you. It's this, really I hard. Mean, yeah. I mean, that's why. I love it because we kind of come back to like where we're going to end in this podcast series with like, am I crazy and what's normal, not normal. And yeah. so much of what we've wrestled with the last year is the edges of what we can change and not change. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we've come to this place where we can understand that there are things that we can change, but to do so takes enormous energy. <laughs> yes. And so much work and labor. So all you could do is say, what's what's within the realm of how much I can change to reduce like the worst parts of this right thing that works for me for the most part, but where it doesn't work for me. And I think that's the only sound thing to do, right? Like you're not going to ever become the free spirited person. You're not, you're just not, it's okay. Accept it. Yeah. Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel shame. Even see it as a strength. We need Americas in our life because not all of us could be chaos, right? That's actually yeah. horrible. Yeah. You know, I, I love what you're saying around where we're ending up. And my husband's words are popping into my mind where he, at one point he has said to me, I can't do everything that you do. It's, it's literally impossible for me to do all the things that you do and you, and you do them well. Mm -hmm. He says, but when I look at you and you get stressed by these things, that's what I'm trying to prevent, right? Mm. That I would get stressed. And so that's the place what you're talking about, what I can control, right? So essentially, I have to be able to manage all this goodness that comes out of these organizational powers yeah. to then be able to say, when it doesn't happen, what are you going to do? The fallout. Right. When it doesn't go your way, you can't, you can't like take it out on people. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's the, you know how in kindergarten they teach the kids, you get what you get and you don't get upset, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something that it's like, okay, maybe that's the mantra, right? Like you can plan, you can do all these things, but don't get upset. Yeah. Well, I think that's nice ending. Let me go and control the rest of my afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you live like that. It must be exhausting because I feel like everything never goes the way you expect it to go. Or do, or do you, are you so good that you plan and you're like, it's awesome. I'm always right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's it like a amazing. super skill. 
I love it. All right. All right. Keep on fighting in the open. Talk to y'all next week. Bye.